coming up on The Medicine Podcast. Do you have the right in a relationship, in a committed relationship, do you have the right to look through your significant other's devices? That's phones, that's tablets, that's laptops for any of these potentially inflammatory interactions Mm -hmm. with others. And dude, this is actually a hard question. Mm -hmm. When we first started talking about this, I was like, oh, you know, I think I got a pretty clear answer. Pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But the more we thought about it. Yeah the more nuance there is. Yeah. The more I sort of came up with, well, it depends type It's circumstantial. Your partner's decision-making directly impacts your life now and your future and the life of your children if you have them. You know, maybe this person has a public profile to some degree and you see that there are people who are of the opposite sex liking their photos and stuff, but it's coming from a place of just neuroses. That's where I was like, just like check yourself before you wreck yourself because you mm-hmm. could be doing more harm to the relationship. Right. If I found out that one of my girlfriends thought her boyfriend was cheating or husband was cheating and I found out that she looked in, looked at his phone, I wouldn't judge her at all. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I'm sitting right next to my partner in life and love and podcasting and all things relationship my beautiful blue-eyed, blue-shirted lover. <laughs> what is up, everybody? I'm realizing that I'm wearing the same tank top from the last episode we just dropped. That's a great tank. It's a great tank. It brings out my blue eyes. It does. Um, Every time you wear it, I'm like, God, your eyes match your shirt perfectly. Well, you know, th- the way things go in my closet, <laughs> and when I say closet, I mean drawer of t-shirts and tank tops, <laughs> is that if it's near the top, yeah. I wear it. Yeah, same. And this tank top was buried for a long time. It's like, you know, every month or two months, you need to go into your drawer. I'm saying this for me, too, because I do this same thing. Just take the stack of clothes in your drawer and just go like that oh, and, and that's flip what it happened. around. We, we traveled, and so things got flipped upside down. This somehow got to the top, and so I've been wearing it lately. And uh, we're back. You're getting two weeks in a row of me in this blue tank top you may never see it again or you may see it every, <laughs> every episode from here on out yeah so glad to be back yeah. on the medicine podcast and we are talking about a topic that we've danced around we've talked about it a little bit but it's questions that we get uh, all the time pertaining to the appropriate use of technology under the domain of relationships under the domain of of sex and how to integrate this world of social media, of dating apps, uh, traditional text messaging and emailing Mm -hmm. into a relationship in the modern day. This is not something that has a bunch of history behind it because Mm -hmm. technology continues to evolve. Sex and sexual exchanges energetically through these mediums that we call phones and laptops are happening all the time, evolving all the time. We sort of came through the dating app emergence of when we were in our 20s or so. And it looks completely different now. Yeah. And social media continues to evolve. We've got uh, thirst traps everywhere. It is a cesspool of <laughs> ickiness when it comes to human beings exchanging sexual and relational messages and photos on these various devices. Mm-hmm. And how in the fuck... <laughs> Are we supposed to navigate this with the big question of when you get into relationship, what are the rules? Yeah. Is it okay 
to look through your partner's devices. Mm-hmm. Do you have the right to look through your partner's phone? And it's a loaded question. Yeah. The answer is yes, with a lot of depends in context, which we'll be getting to today. But there is a lot that sort of leads up to this question that we get all the time, which is, hey, can I look at his phone? Can I look at her phone? Do I have the right to do this without asking? Should I ask? How do I go about this? Yeah. And it's not just a simple, yeah, dude, totally. You should be able to comb through everything or don't do that. It'll it'll you know impact the trust dynamic yeah. of the relationship. So there's lots of depends. There's lots of context. And I think it's important just to just set the stage a little bit as to what, what we're working with mm-hmm. in 2023. Um, this is wild yeah, and there's wild a lot times. that goes into this, but today is just a free flowing conversation to get down to answering that mm-hmm. question in the best way possible. We've got experience with this. Mm-hmm. We've have a history of having to look through each other's devices to a certain degree as we were married and as our marriage was dissolving, um, it was something that was taking place. And mm-hmm. so for anyone that might hear us talk today, just know that we do have context with this. Yeah. We have experience with this and we are getting constantly flooded with questions pertaining to how we navigate this mm-hmm. realm. Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, like you said, there's no history to look back on, you know, so much of like health and wellness, we can like point to our ancestors and like, what were they doing? Can we learn from them? How can we use that knowledge in the modern right. world of 2023? And there's not really any precedent for this. We are the first generation, I would say millennials are the first generation of having access to a cell phone cell phone from a very young age and having to navigate that within relationship. This big umbrella is is something we're calling sex and technology ethics. Yeah. Where it's like these things are intricately interwoven in our world. And how do we navigate them consciously in a way that's supportive of us as individuals of our relationship or the dating world or, you know, aligning yourself with a partner with similar values. There's just so much to this conversation. And my hope would be that although there is no history of ancestry that we can look back on, I hope that we conscious individuals people who are trying to live their life the best possible that they can improve every day and live in a conscious way in every aspect of their life. Hopefully we can be those ancestors to people a hundred, 200 years from now that can like listen to this podcast or whatever it looks like and be like, okay, how were they navigating it? Maybe I can pull some information, some insights, some wisdom from their experience such that I can navigate this more consciously. Consciousness intention, upfront, vulnerable communication. Mm -hmm. These are kind of the pillars of this topic today. And whether you're already in a committed relationship and need to kind of step back and set these ground rules, whether you're completely single and curious about how to establish a baseline going into relationship or whether you are in a new relationship and this might be kind of the perfect time to bring this Mm -hmm. conversation up. This should apply to everybody and be really valuable as it has been for us to evaluate in, in drafting the the episode that we are today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into the meat of the conversation, 
What's in your cup? Oh, love? in my cup, in my mushy mug, I have none other than mushy love cinnamon mm. swirl latte, baby. Love it. And what I've been loving lately is combining mushy love with qualia mine mm. qualia mine from neurohacker is the best nootropic supplement i've ever taken and i've taken a ton of them uh you, you'll probably recognize the brand the name uh they're a sponsor of the show we we run ads for neurohacker on various episodes and i am such a huge advocate of this yeah. product i've taken it for we've taken it for years geez, before they coming up on a, seven or eight yeah, years now years. and uh just recently partnered with them as we do we take products for long periods of time develop relationships mm -hmm. with these brands get to know the people get to know the integrity of the products themselves and this has a host of different nootropic benefiting ingredients all of which in in somewhat of a symphony behave in the human body mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of caffeine but they also have a caffeine free version i don't even take the full dose i take like a half dose and i am dialed in engaged i tangibly notice a benefit as far as how tuned in i yeah. am how present i am i'm more able to articulate i've got a database of just crazy things in my head and with precision i'm able to pull those bits of information out regurgitate them in the form of a podcast we just got done uh at being guests on the expanded reality podcast and i took qualia mind prior to that interview and am still rolling like still feeling really really great and the reason i love taking it with mushy love latte is there's a little caffeine in qualia mind we don't put any caffeine in mushy love latte but it's got one gram of mushrooms 500 milligrams of tremella 500 milligrams of chaga both of which support digestion hydration mm -hmm. our skin's been in the sun a lot this summer yeah. a ton if you can't tell if you're watching the video <laughs> and if you're dry like we can get when we're in and out of the water in the sun different climates as we travel throughout the summer tremella and and mushy love just at large because because chaga is supportive of this as well my skin has maintained the level of buoyancy is that Sub the suppleness suppleness dewy that one would only dream of uh, <laughs> because i've been taking much love and then then it's awesome just because it tastes so delicious yeah. and so i love the ritual um it's warm it's it's cinnamon flavored i'm i uh steamed milk and mixed it with uh, mushy love latte just one heaping scoop love it. and uh, so it has been just this beautiful combo of these two supplements that i love so much if you want to check out Quality of Mind, which I would encourage everybody uh, does so, I've, I've given this to so many friends over the years. It's not just for podcasters either. It's for anyone that wants to feel dialed in in whatever they're doing. It, yep. it could be a nine to five. It could be running a household. It could be podcasting. It could be creative work. It could be art. Yep. Anything where you need to enroll as much of your mind as possible totally and it's five days on two days off so you know just take two days off a week from it um, but you can take it pretty continuously as long as you're taking those little breaks um, and you can use the code the medicine all caps that's t-h-e-m-e-d-i-c-i-n for a huge discount i think they they sell uh qualia mine for around 140 dollars, but with our discount you'll get that first bottle for like 39 bucks yeah so huge it's a discount crazy deal and then and it's a huge bottle it is. It's a huge bottle and, and it's kind of dose dependent because you, you don't have to take the full dose to feel the effects like, yeah. I've, like I've articulated. Yeah. And then mixing it with Mushy Love. I mean, if you haven't tried Mushy Love le yet and you're listening to this, this is our baby. This is our product that we created out of our kitchen for years, got it out to market. And uh, you can always use the code 
medicine, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N at getmushylove.com. And you can always get 10% off. Mm -hmm. If you haven't tried it yet, I highly encourage it. Uh, People absolutely love this thing. So do I. I'm I'm just selfishly, I'm really glad that we have a product in our lives, hopefully from here on out, that is uh, supporting our insides, our skin, uh, you know, aging gracefully, that process, uh, like we do. We have access to it um, all the time. And I'm just so grateful because, sorry, but not as many people, no one talks about Tremella, hardly ever. I don't know why, but... I'm glad we are. Get on the Tremella train, baby. Tremella train. Um, I got to know what you got going on in your cup, in your glass. Yes. Today, I don't have a mug. I have a glass of peak power from Organifi. So uh, I'm going to be doing a workout after this podcast that we record. And so I wanted to get a little extra oomph, a little extra zhuzh in my body to help me in that workout. I'm going to be using a a gift that Chase got me for my birthday a couple days ago, these blood flow restriction bands. And I'm going to jump into that workout and wanted to give myself a little extra, um, little extra oomph. So this peak power, I have the bag right here. It's from Organifi and it's in partnership with Mind Pump, which is one of our favorite uh, podcasts and groups of people, um, uh, educators in the fitness space. And they got together and uh, basically created this pre-workout. And it's it's Organifi's strongest pre-workout. We use red sometimes Mm -hmm. to increase blood flow and oxygen output and lung capacity. But this is a legit, legit yeah. pre-workout. You you tangibly feel this one. So much so, I actually give myself a little less than a full scoop because it is really powerful. Yeah, me too. It does have a little caffeine in it, but as always, Organifi completely nailed the formulation on this. It tastes really good. It's kind of just got like a little fruity, lemony, apple-y type flavor to it. It's really mild, but very good. Um, I won't go through all the ingredients, but if you're looking for a clean, organic, glyphosate residue-free option for a pre-workout that you feel... Peak Power is, I think it's one of the best pre-workouts that I've ever tried. And I love that it's not adding a bunch of garbage to my body, like red dye number four and purple dye number 40 yeah. and all of that garbage. Yeah, I've had a lot of people, uh, customers of Organifi say, this is my favorite Organifi product. Taste, how I feel. Um, and so highly, highly recommended. Super clean. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys want to try uh, Peak Power or any of the Organifi products, we have a discount code with them. It's uh, MIMIFIT, all caps, M-I-M-I-F-I-T, for 20% off all of your orders. One last housekeeping item. Guys, if you're loving the show, we want to know. We would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on social media. Uh, we hang out on Instagram mostly. Uh, give us a give us a DM. Let us know what you think of these episodes. We're constantly looking for feedback. Mm-hmm. We take your questions and comments and create episodes. So it is much appreciated. Even better is when you share it to your story. It helps other people see the content that we're putting out, help the show grow, bring resources in such that we can make this production even higher quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're on YouTube now as well. And we've been on YouTube for a few months and we would much, much appreciate a subscribe. That's just the Medicine Podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe, leave a comment on the videos if you want to see our beautiful faces instead of just listening to the shows you can check it out on uh, youtube and um we also have a weekly newsletter drop it's called the medicine drop and if you go to the medicine.com you'll see a drop down that 
offers you an opportunity to jump into our weekly newsletter. Why would you want to do that? Besides just, you know, hearing a little bit more from us, we're actually giving away free products every single week. Yeah. Like so, Peak Power, like Mushy Love, like AHCC, like all the things that we use in our life that would be in our medicine cabinet every single week, we're giving away a product. There's a reason we do the what's in your cup segment. And it's because we have a passion for sharing the things that we consider medicines mm -hmm. in the form of supplementation, in the form of elixirs, superfoods, drinks, capsules, powders, because they have been a part of these life changing experiences that we've had in our life thus far. Mm -hmm. And this can be an expensive habit. It's a passion for us. We bite the bullet. We pay for a lot of these things, but not everybody should have to just to try something. Yeah. And so it is our intention and, and, and really our purpose to offer free products through our newsletter to people who are interested. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is subscribe to the newsletter. Every week, you'll see a host of things in the newsletter drop, what's going on in our lives, the newest podcast episodes, learnings and breakthroughs that we've had, but also an opportunity to submit your name, email address, something along those lines to get a free product. And we've got a new one every single week that comes out. So yep. highly encourage everybody if you are like, dude, all these guys talk about is freaking supplements to get in the newsletter flow so that you can try some of these for free. Yep, easy. It's so easy. Just go to themedicine.com. There'll be a pop-up and you can put your information in and you'll be on the list. Dope. All right. Sex and tech, 2023. Yeah. This is the world that we live in. Man, it's like we were talking about the fact that this is really new and it's constantly changing. And so I think it's worth our time and effort just to pay respect to the challenges yeah. that are taking place yeah. in the relationship space right now. Yeah. This one's been around for a long time, unfortunately, but pornography is more prevalent than ever. But what's different in 2023 is the accessibility. Accessibility. Yeah. You know, if you talk to my father's generation, it took, you know, sneaking Playboy magazines from the gas station. Uh, you know, maybe a decade later, there were adult film stores. Convincing an older brother to buy you a Playboy. <laughs> right. It trickled into the the internet era um, that, that we grew up in where you had to sort of sneak online. It started with AIM. What's AIM? In instant messaging. AOL instant messaging. What started with that? It, just like the internet era of like finding sex chat rooms totally, and things totally, like yeah. that. Sex chat rooms. Um, I mean, I was on dial up internet looking at like, you know, typing boobs into to Google image search and stuff. And, and it was, there were still quite a few barriers to entry. And uh, my friends and I, of course, were exposed to pornography when I was in uh, middle school and high school. And it was accessible, not easily accessible, but you go use uh, LimeWire or Napster and you think you're downloading a, a pirated movie and it ends up being a porno or something. <laughs> and so there was some level of exposure, but now it is so, so prevalent and it's not just going to pornographic websites, um, it, 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 nor, nor having to pay for some level of subscription or access to pornography. It's at the fingertips of every child who gets their phone at fourth grade or however yeah. young it starts because of the internet accessibility to smartphones, which I don't even think they're called smartphones anymore. If you don't want to view, it, it takes effort not to view these types of images. Not only that, it's, it's embedded in social media. Mm -hmm. So whether you are trying to or not, if you are sexually oriented, which most are, 
I swear to God, these algorithms are able to pick up your just innate tendencies and show you things that would be sexually interesting to you on your Explorer pages, yeah. on Instagram, TikTok, even even just mainstream news feeds for instance like yahoo.com there are ads that pop up that are women in lingerie and i'm not saying there's a problem with that at all but it does play on human emotions and hormonal pathways mm -hmm. that may not be mature enough to handle them such that you just continue down a rabbit hole that starts with a lingerie picture and turns into hardcore porn or something uh yeah. even more uh intense hey friend how many of us at some point in our journey have thought we had to give up coffee in order to be healthier? I definitely have. But I learned that it wasn't the coffee that was making me feel crappy. It was the 92% of coffee beans that are covered in pesticides, glyphosate, and microscopic mold. I'm glad that didn't last long before I found my holy grail of healthy coffee, King Coffee. This is a combination of organic, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee and reishi mushroom spores, which supports every system in my body. Circulatory, endocrine, cardiovascular, immune, nervous system, and more. It's even anti-parasitic. Switching to King Coffee has honestly been one of the best decisions I've ever made for my overall health. To learn more about King and level up your coffee experience, go to themedicinemedicin.com forward slash coffee, themedicine.com forward slash coffee. All right. Enjoy. Cheers and love. All of these then trickle into relationships, yeah. the relationship with yourself, of course, your body, your own sexuality. But then when you get to the point of engaging in romantic partnership, your, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your dating relationships, your marriages. And it is very, very difficult to navigate pornography at large, whether or not you've developed a healthy relationship to it, an abstinence to it altogether, or just an unconscious consumption with it that may be unhealthy. It is a factor and it is a challenging factor, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you've gotten to a place where you're healthy or unhealthy with it. Yeah. And I think piggybacking on the accessibility topic is because it's so accessible, it's been normalized by so much of society where how many times have you heard just like, dude, everyone looks at porn. Right. And so it's normalized. And so say a woman gets into a relationship and she wants to be in a relationship with a man who doesn't look at porn. Nothing wrong with that. BT dubs. I happen to be one of those women. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being okay with it or being like, you know what? I would prefer it not be a part of our relationship, but because it's so accessible and normalized, you all of a sudden are the weird one where it's like, well, what's wrong with you? You're, you're trying to like infringe upon my freedom and just like get with the times basically. Yep. And so that's, that's hard too between, between couples. So we've got porn. All right. Let's put that on the side. What do you do in the domain of relationships as it pertains to the use of pornography or sexually explicit images? Because mm -hmm. they're everywhere. So that's yeah. Clearly one challenge. Mm -hmm. And then I would say one, another challenge related to technology in, in the realm of social media and dating apps is when couples face challenges and previously where there is not such accessibility to 
swiping and finding another girl or DMing with a, a hot girl or whatever. If, if, if that doesn't exist, people might be more inclined to work through their challenges versus today, there's always something else. There's always a swipe away. You can be talking to someone else. So in young budding relationships, when you first meet that, you know, that first conflict or that first charge situation, because of the temptation of there's something else out there that could be better than what I'm experiencing, this shouldn't be that hard. Newsflash, relationships, no matter how conscious you or your partner are, is they are going to have times of challenge, difficult situations, and charged conversations. You cannot get away from that in a relationship. So it's like, I think it's just all too easy to skirt and be like, there's something better. This is the, my cupboards are always stacked with shitty food problem. (laughs) You know, throughout history, we didn't have Cheetos available to us when we were hungry. So we had to put our, you know, hunting gear on, go out, find the animal or forage for the the berries and the the roots and and create a whole food experience that is ultimately going to be nutritious and 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 dense for our own and you're grateful for it and you're grateful for you've worked for it we got to put the work in we live in an era where junk food is readily available at all times so it's significantly harder even though it's better for you to work to get your food and what that looks like in today's age is to walk down to the grocery store, choose only the good whole foods or your local farmer's market or something along those lines, put forth a wholesome, robust whole foods meal and and consume it such that you are giving yourself that nutrient density and avoiding the ease of immediate food, whether that's frozen food that's full of shit or Cheetos or something along those lines. Well, that's the same issue that we're talking about here as it pertains to technology, sex and relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of going, God, I've got to work through these relationship challenges with my partner to get to the other side such that we can have this nutrient-dense uh, connection. We go, well, you know what? There's some fucking Cheetos in the cupboard, yeah, and uh, yeah. I'm feeling hungry, mm-hmm. and let me go to the uh, DMs where I'm going to thirst trap someone into getting a little bit of validation. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll take a picture and put it up on my Instagram that you know shows my ass in a particular way. And even if that's relatively innocent, um, it's kind of trickling down this lane of easy mm-hmm. steps, cheaper steps to being validated, which is not the same as being fulfilled deeply by a mm-hmm. relationship. Or it can look like I'm just going to resort to going and, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I can properly connect with my female significant other and I'm a guy, I'm going to go find girls who are thirst trapping on my explore page and I'm going to heart a bunch of pictures or drop in like a comment like damn girl or like DM somebody like, you know, where are you from? Like something like, I don't even know how that fucking works or if that's what people say, but that's available. Or you go back to the dating app and you're, you're maybe you've hit it off with a girl that, that uh, you've gone on a couple of dates with, but you're hitting that relationship charge for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're like, screw this. I'm going to keep swiping on the, my on the app. Open. I'm going to yeah. keep my options open. I got yeah. other very quick ways to get full, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. And there's nothing inherently wrong. No. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to look at the thing behind the thing and the intention going into it. Um, and, and this is where throughout this entire conversation, we're going to keep bringing this up you have to be able to use your wise adult discernment and understand is the energy that I'm putting towards this thing, whether it be pornography, 
DMing some chick because I'm having issues with my girl or thirst trapping guys. Even though I have a boyfriend, I just want some extra validation to know that I'm still sexy. (sighs) Like examine, honestly, the intention and the energy that's being put towards that. And, you know, really try to, you know, see if you can reallocate some of that energy towards your current relationship. So you've got these little pseudo relationship junk food snacks that are available at all times. Mm-hmm. This is the messaging. This is the DMs. Mm-hmm. This is the commenting on people that you don't really know, but it feels like sort of an emotional release or some some pseudo emotional fulfillment. Feels exciting. And so it's, this is kind of like the the messaging DM world. So we've mm-hmm. got images, pornography over here. And now we've got the challenges with the pseudo relationship in the form of messaging and DMs. Mm-hmm. I think another one that comes up for me is that in the ocean that is the internet and these communities on the internet, the of course, Instagram, social media, and these different influencers is that if you've got a challenge in relationship, whether you're single and not able to find folks or you're married or in a new relationship, there's going to be a community, a community that's going to validate you as long as you go looking for it. The answer to your question Mm -hmm. is yes, wherever you go. And so let's say it's exclusivity monogamy and you're an advocate for monogamy, yet your partner is not. You can go find all the communities in the world that are going to advocate for strict monogamy. But the same thing with a polyamorous relationship. If you've got this idea that, you know, our our relationship should be open. You can go out and find this the same validating community and really an mm-hmm. intellectualized justification for that. You could find research else. on it. Quite literally, you yeah. could find research on two things that are completely separate. Yes, yet both validate those completely yeah. separate points. Mm-hmm. And so you've got internet justifications everywhere. And there's so many people in the world at large that now have this access through the interweb to be able to find little pockets of communication that it is, it is a, if you are externalizing what's right for you through uh, justification from other people and lifestyles, it's never going to be clear, nor is it going to be a super solid data point for you to consider in your own life decisions. Right. Should it be looked at for helpful insight? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing other people's experiences. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're pinning that, if you're looking to that to, to give you your answers, it's like, well, like you said, you can find the answer. The answer is yes, depending on where you look. Totally. So I think in this realm, we've, we've got this sort of like exclusivity. When am I in a relationship? Should I ever be in a relationship that's exclusive or monogamous or should I keep it open? Should I, should I keep it loose for a long time, casually roll in a relationship and then expect it to be polyamorous in some way where there's multiple parties, there's multiple options on the table. And that's a challenge in the Mm -hmm. current world. Yeah. And so we've got the, we're, we're bucketing these different, these different lanes and that's definitely one of them. I think another challenge in this tech social media world is comparisonitis. Totally. Um, You know, I think for men, it might be more like individual based where you're looking at status of another man. Oh, he's got the car. He's got the watch he's got the job he's got the girl he's got all of this that i that i want um which might hold you back from wanting to maybe put your energy towards like an actual relationship like a fulfilling relationship because you think that you need to go and achieve and get all these things before you jump which there might be a a case for that for sure um but it could definitely hold guys back um i think also on the flip side for the feminine 
we tend to, I think most women would agree with me here, instead of like idolizing like an individual, social media is a wealth of comparisonitis of uh, maybe like a couple or a life yep. that they, a relationship that they have Keeping together. Up where with it's the Joneses like, on steroids. Yeah, totally. Where it's like, oh, they look so happy. Oh, he treats her so well on her Instagram page. And like, you have no actual idea how these people like interact with each other you 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 cannot make conclusions based off of someone's curated instagram page yet we do it all the time proof when we got divorced too many times for me to count people's feedback and comments were like you guys you're so beautiful and so happy and everything that i saw on your instagram looked like life was amazing yeah people aren't necessarily posting the ugly parts of their relationship or their lifestyle or their life in general like we all know this deep down it's not it's not new information yet we forget it all the time as our thumb sits there and scrolls for miles it's so easy to get locked in on like i want what she has i want what he has the other thing i would say is that there, well, I'm going to give the caveat first of there are some f- so awesome influencers out there. I've learned so much yeah. from the influencer era that we're in. And some might call us influencers because we have a podcast and you have a pretty big social media. So no shade to the quality that's being put forth from people out there. But there are a large population of influencers and coaches who are giving you advice based on their own life experience where they are the influencer and their livelihood and their occupation is the influencer. And they live in a completely different world than most traditional, normal human beings who have W-2 jobs and they're working roughly 40 hours a week and they're commuting and maybe they have a kid and maybe they live in suburbia or they live in an urban environment. And the context with which these influencers are advocating for particular lifestyle habits is completely alien to the reality of most individuals. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the thing that one of the things that drives me nuts is you get these money coaches and these money influencers talking about how to make money and money mindset on Instagram. And they're giving you advice on how to make money by their experience, making money off of you by telling you what to do on how to make money. How is that going to apply to the person who's an engineer? Mm-hmm. How is that going to apply to the person who needs to understand tax law in order to progress up the firm such that they can be at a senior manager level? Mm-hmm. It It is pseudo personal development yeah. advice. And it drives me insane because you have to start with the practical, the tactical advice before you can get to the thematic archetypical, more personal development type themes that are going to be important. And we're skipping this step of real technical work that needs to be done. And relationships is is the same way. You see lots of relationship influencers who get so esoteric and yeah. people at the end of the day need brass tax advice. Mm-hmm. Like dude's been, you know, DMing some girl in his in his on his Instagram page. What am I supposed to do with that? What do I do? Great. I love the masculine and the feminine and the beautiful. It's poetic, but it's not practical. Right. Like it's, how do we get to just brass tacks first? Yeah. And so that's where I'm, I'm seeing that I'm feeling that. I also think that we've probably not gotten straight to the technical at times. And so I'm willing now to be like, boom, let's get to this. So there there is a world. and, And so we'll bucket this one kind of as the keeping up with the Joneses, this, this idyllic sort of, 
pseudo reality that exists on the internet that should not be used as uh, the context point for how to change or try to improve your relationship. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's important to talk about all of these challenges because it, it does just add to the foundation of, man, we're, we're all navigating this to some degree, unless you're completely off technology. We're all navigating this to some degree. And if you're in a relationship, it's now another aspect to the relationship that we have to think about, that we have to talk about, that we have to hopefully talk about earlier rather than later, you know, so we can make sure that our core values are aligned here. But there are a lot of challenges. And the list that we just provided is not exhaustive. There's, you know, potentially unending challenges as it relates to sex and technology. These are just some of them. But we do want to spend a good amount of this episode talking about how do we how do we consciously navigate how do we how do we act in a solution oriented yeah. way how do we set up a relationship such that we can maybe avoid some of these conflicts later on how do we ensure that we have shared values in some of these areas with our with our prospective yeah. partner that we're dating or just getting exclusive with like hopefully this can this last half of the the episode can be more solution oriented and provide real yeah. solutions for people. So we've, we've laid out the landscape and these various challenges that are taking place. And we're, we're, we're drilling down into this, this big question, which is, do I have the right to look at my partner's mm-hmm. uh, phone, tablet, Computer, laptop, email? Yeah. And again, we've said the answer is yes, with a lot of context and with a lot of depends before you get to that question there, I think, and I would suggest a, ground rule conversation you know going back to the beginning of the episode we said consciousness intention communication with vulnerability Mm -hmm. and authenticity that is the sweet spot for preventing a lot of these challenges if you have the opportunity have this conversation early set the ground rules early and we're going to kind of go through each one of these on what we would expect from that so i suggest anyone if you're not in a relationship and you're single have this in your back pocket maybe even be open about it as you entertain dating somebody that, Hey, I'm going to, going to want to inevitably have this conversation. If you're early in a relationship, great time, probably the perfect time to have this conversation. If you're in a marriage, if you're in a long-term relationship, a committed relationship, never too late might be a little tough to readjust things when certain mm-hmm. patterns and habits have been established, but take the space, clearly communicate. I want to have this conversation. This is where it's important. Let's set the ground rules as it pertains to sex and technology and the relationship at large. Mm -hmm. And so there's this level of prioritization and ground rule setting, mostly just a host of questions that we should be asking. We'll give, we'll give you our answers on this process, but let's take, let's take everybody through what we would suggest Mm a rule setting. I don't like the rules word rule. I fucking hate rules. Guidelines. It's, it's points of conversation. It's, things to be thinking about. Right. It's not ground rules. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. We're using ground rules as, uh, for lack of a better term, but these are just, this is just how we would approach yeah. it. And we're giving our best answers based on our historical experience, moving in this world a little bit, and then coming through, you know, the the huge amount of like self-development and wisdom that we've acquired. And now in part two, with some level of consciousness, 
consciousness to our relationship, how would we handle it now? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, exclusivity. Is this a monogamous relationship? This conversation is a little easier when you're in the initiation phase of a relationship. Might be a little more obvious if you've been in a relationship for a while yeah but maybe decent enough to check in just to say yeah hey we're in a in a committed exclusive monogamous relationship right or hey it was my understanding that we're open and so maybe before you even get into the use of technology specifically it would be are we in an exclusive relationship Mm -hmm. a monogamous monogamous relationship yeah or a polyamory scenario yeah i have plenty of girlfriends that thought they were in a an exclusive dating relationship to the point where they would call the guy my boyfriend, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on the same page and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a lack of communication. Sometimes the lack of communication is intentional on whoever's part. Maybe it's both avoiding the topic. I, I'm sure you experienced that. I know you experienced that. I experienced that when we were separated and dating other people, we were thrust into a completely different dating landscape than when we were dating in high school, like in your late twenties, it's like, I got to figure this new world out. And so there are a lot of things to think about, talk about and, and sort of navigate as you date in, in 2023. This is just one of them that the beginning, the, the first sort of important conversation before you get into any sort of, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing that. You shouldn't be, here's what I want for the relationship. Dude guy might be like, dude, we're not even exclusive. So that has to be a conversation before anything related to sex and technology ethics. Yeah. Okay. Ready for real talk, AKA poop talk. If you're a new listener, this is who I am. I'm an open book. So we all know that regular, predictable elimination is absolutely essential for health maintenance. We should all be going one to three times a day, every day. When things are backed up, I personally am a different human. I'm irritable, uncomfortable, and generally more anxious. So how do I keep things flowing? One of the ways is with Organifi Green Juice. First thing in the morning, I have two servings of green juice. I stir one scoop into about 10 ounces of water, drink it down, followed by another scoop in another 10 ounces. So right away, I am flooding my cells with a hefty dose of micronutrients that support detoxification, hydration, and cortisol levels, as well as hydrating my bowels. Organifi is organic, non-GMO, glyphosate residue-free, and has a therapeutic dose of this king of herbs called ashwagandha. Other green juices only have a fairy dusting of ashwagandha. Try Organifi Green Juice to energize and nourish your cells, hydrate your bowels, and support your cortisol levels. Go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT, that's M-I-M-I-F-I-T, for a hefty 20% off all of their products. Or just check the show notes below. Cheers and love. And, and you know, to answer this question for us, we are in a exclusive monogamous relationship. Thus, it sets up the way we would answer kind of the rest of these questions pertaining to those categories of challenge that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so then moving into probably the next appropriate question, we would we would enter into the realm of the the sexually explicit images. And that can be everything from pornography all the way to thirst trap booty pics on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the question would would quite literally be, are we entertaining 
the freedom to look at, explore, or engage with those sexually explicit images. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it might be part of your relationship. It might be something that you both like and you both want is like, hey, look at this girl or hey, look at this guy or like you're bringing other people's images, whether it be porn or Instagram or who, whatever, into the relationship and both people are consenting to that. Both people want that. They find it exciting, whatever. If that works for you, great. The mismatch happens, I think, a lot when one person wants it and one person doesn't or one person thinks that it's okay. It's fine. It's not It's not cheating. I'm just looking or, hey, I'm just posting pictures. Like I'm just, I'm just working out and showing my booty as I do deadlifts or squats or whatever. What's wrong with that? Um, I think guys get a lot of, a lot more flack uh, in this conversation around sex and technology because porn is so accessible and it's so deteriorating to the individual and the relationship. But also I want to highlight, we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but the feminine or, or women in general, guys do this too, but certainly women who want to feel desired, sexy, attractive, the easiest way to do that is to have a following, even if yep. you is only a hundred, a few hundred people or a few thousand people, you can get a lot of like pseudo validation from putting up a certain type of picture. Yeah. And so like, we have to look at the intention behind that too. Like, are you not feeling as fulfilled in your own body or your relationship with self or your sexuality, your sensuality? You feel like you need to put it out there yep. and get validation in return. Like it might be something to examine. That's not the healthiest expression of who or what you could be. Yeah. I think in this category of, of sexually inclined images and, and photos on the internet or social media, it's easy to go, Oh, do that. That's guys. That's yeah. guys just jerking off to porn or to Instagram influencers, um, you know, doing squats zoomed in on their ass. And that is, I mean, there's, there's a ton of truth to that, but I think you're right. That, that it, it doesn't mean it's just for this is men's problem because yeah. the, the masculine is, energy out Mm -hmm. so it's the heart the zoom in the like the dm you know reaching out which we'll get to messaging shortly but for the feminine it's it's energy in and so it's 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 magnetizing that sort of penetrating energy from the masculine into the feminine through um more explicit or suggestive images. And so it plays a little bit differently, but it hits both the Mm -hmm. feminine and the masculine, which in this context, we're speaking to men and women, men being masculine, women being feminine. Of course, I don't particularly get hung up on the fact that that can go both ways. But in this case, yes, very important to articulate. And I would say that too important to articulate in the dynamic of a relationship is this ground rule that neither one of us are going to exchange in this type of activity. Um, I also think and believe that it's possible to, to both have both individuals partake in sexually inclined or suggestive images, both from a masculine perspective and a feminine perspective and still have a healthy and robust relationship. I believe that that's possible. Um, but I believe that that's rare and I believe that it's the minority it's a slippery slope. and that it can cause more damage by thinking that you can do it and then falling off the wagon than being able to do it successfully. And so Mm -hmm. proceed with caution. Yeah, I think 
when things are great in your relationship and you're you're having a ton of sex early in your relationship and once in a while you look at you know booty pics or whatever on Instagram it feels like something that you could let go very easily and totally be fine when things start to get tough in a relationship or maybe sex declines maybe someone is going through a chronic illness and they don't feel up to engaging in sex or you have a baby and she's in a healing phase or whatever like there's so many life circumstances that would uh like just dangle that little temptation of porn or or instagram booty pics or whatever out here and it's like well you've been doing it it's totally fine and you need this you deserve this yep. uh, I'm not again I'm not saying it's completely wrong but it, without some sort of awareness and um, I think awareness to your intention and a conversation with your partner I think that it yeah it's a slippery slope so you've got a guy who let's say is married and is unable to get it up in bed and you know the relationships have been going on a while they had a great sex life to begin with ton of sexual attraction but maybe there's a kid involved maybe there's busy jobs involved and they are having erectile dysfunction in the bedroom and it has nothing to do with hormones let's say um but rather sexual appetite for their partner and the wife is like, okay fine yeah totally fine totally normal this happens all the time men happens all the time with men totally get it it's just off but then the next day or later she sees him masturbating to porn how does that not hurt her? Mm -hmm. How does she not draw the conclusion that it's me? You mm -hmm. know, um, so that's where I see it going wrong. And then, and then vice versa, you've got um, maybe you've got a woman who's uninterested in sex with her husband. He's, you know, ravenous beyond all, all belief, but she's just completely closed off to sexual activity, but he finds her, you know, snapping photos and, and putting it online or sending it to people in a way that would be suggestive as if she's got this sexual appetite for, uh, for to be penetrated. Mm -hmm. How does that not hurt him? How mm -hmm. does he not think that that has nothing to do with him? So this conversation is important to set the ground rules to prevent this type of thing or to allow this kind of thing. If you're a fucking wizard when it comes to navigating that yeah, in, a, right, in a relationship right. for us, and maybe I'll let you speak. Um, how, how, what have we agreed to as it pertains to sexually suggestive images? Yeah, well, porn is not a part of our relationship um, either way. Uh, sexually explicit images, um, we, we haven't, we didn't sit down at part two and have this conversation. We probably should have, but it, we had so many other conversations around the intention for our part two that we were going a hundred percent in and putting all of our relational energy towards us towards this unit that is you and i so it was understood i think from both of us and and looking back now i can say like yeah we were right because neither one of us to my knowledge has ever had to really deal with this in a real way and it's not it's not like well we never talked about it we had this understanding um and we just felt from each other that we were all in on this relationship and we knew that part one went wrong and we were going to put all of our effort into making part two really, really right. And what that included for us was not engaging in pornography or from my perspective, from my angle, not engaging in, uh, you know, sexually explicit, like I'm not putting once in a while, I'll, I'll snap a picture of me like working out or something, yeah. but it's like me flexing or, right. or, you know, it's not like my butthole on, you know, in mid squat. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just not going to be that. Uh, we 
take pictures of us in our swimsuits or I, you know, will t- take a video of you on my story of, you know, yeah. flexing or coming out of the water. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's so handsome. I it, it's not it, it's not in a way of like, please validate us. Right. It's 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 something completely different. Um, and I'm not expecting anyone to respond to that kind of picture and be like, wow, I you know, you're you're so hot and sexy and this and that it's let's be real, most of 89% of my followers are women. And it's like, I want to, I'm doing that. I'm, I know my intention that when I'm taking a picture working out, I'm showing like, Hey girls, I'm lifting heavy. And if you're trying to change your body composition, this is a great way to do it. This is how I contribute to a healthy body composition. It's not looking for validation in the form of please think I'm sexy. No. and, And I think standing in your sexual power is, beautiful and to showcase that is completely beautiful and like i'm not asking you to dress amish and you're not asking me to be completely straight laced we both have human meat suits i respond to attractive women who are uh looking beautiful or sexy or if i saw a woman who was naked who was beautiful my meat suit responds to that that's just reality i'm a heterosexual man with a strong sex drive that my physical response to that is one thing. It's different when I when I have a psychological attachment in pursuit of that. Yeah, and, seeking it out. And and for for you, you are a beautiful, sexy woman. To take pictures of yourself and stand in your own sexuality and your own sexiness is completely appropriate. To do that in a way in order to elicit a specific response from men outside of the domain of our relationship, we've decided is you yeah. know, not ideal. Mm-hmm. But there's a threshold of reality where both of us are physical beings that have an innate sexual drive. Mine is outward in the sense of it's masculine penetrating and yours is an inward feminine reception of that type mm-hmm. of energetic exchange. And so there's a tolerance to natural shit Mm-hmm. I also think that there is beautiful art in sex and there's a difference between pornography and um, thirst trap influencers versus the beautiful portrayal of the human body or of sex or in the relationship. And so, you know, your sister, for instance, has a beautiful business built off of showcasing embodied women um, in a form that would be representative authentically to their innate sexual beauty. Yeah, she and, does boudoir. <laughs> exactly. And so I think that by no means am I trying to be like this freaking Amish Catholic uh, super conservative as it pertains to these realms. I just know that it's a slippery slope when you go to one degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so next under that would be messaging. Messaging. And that's kind of the next question or category. You know, we've bucketed messaging and this is the DMs. This is the instant messaging. This Texting, is the text messaging. Emails. Maybe it's with strangers. Maybe it's with exes. I think that's exes come up a lot and we'll get to the to the ex question, I think is another one. Um, but this is one where it's just important to set the ground rules, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you allow a lot, allocate time, energy, resources towards exchanging in messaging or communication through the forms of, because one thing to like call somebody up, which nobody really does anymore, or FaceTime somebody, that's a little more blatant than it would be just sort of like sliding into DMs. Mm-hmm. For guys, it's, you know, maybe sliding into a girl's DMs. And, and a lot of times girls who are beautiful just have a flood of that type of stuff to deal with anyway. Um, where are you at with 
partaking in, entertaining those types of messaging mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah, I think, and, and we haven't really discussed this. I, I wanna, I want to at some point talk about it. Maybe this is a good place. It's like, okay, so someone, uh, someone's listening right now, and they're like, yeah, I want to have this conversation with my partner. How do you even bring it up in this regard? Like, say we're on the point of messaging. Unless you see them messaging a girl and you're looking over their shoulder and seeing it, like it might not come up organically. And I think that's a, this is a this is something that we can like preemptively. Yeah, all of these are talk I, about. I, I would I would say this entire bucket of questions mm-hmm. happens in one sit down. Yeah, and so it can just be like organic. Like, what do you think about this? Like, what are your thoughts? I don't think it has to be right out of the gate. Like, if we're going to be together this has to be in place or this has to, you have to behave this way or this is exactly what I want. Not that it's wrong to say what you're looking for in a partner and how you want to line up on ideals and values. But I think you can start this conversation, whether it's about uh, the exclusivity of the relationship, explicit pictures or messaging, just like, hey, what do you think about this? I yep. realize we've never talked about this and it's like technology is such a huge part of all of our lives. Like, where, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you definitely don't want to be accusatory in nature right. because a certain tone, whether you are accusing somebody literally or not, will feel like you're accusing somebody of that. Um, it's also very closed off depending on the tone that you, how you bring these up. Like, well, if you want to be with me, here's all the rules you got to follow. Yeah. That's super repulsive. Yeah. Rather, it's more like I have a deep curiosity uh, because I am interested in you, I have a deep curiosity as to where your core values exist mm-hmm. in the realm of how we're going to use technology underneath this yeah. relationship that we're embarking on. And it may be something that your partner or prospective partner, if you're just getting into dating, has never even really thought about. If they've been single for five years, right. they probably, maybe they have, but maybe they haven't actually sat down and thought about, what do I think about when I get into a relationship? How am I going to deal with these other girls that I've talked to for the last three or four years or whatever? How am I going to how am I going to go about this? Like give them there let there be some grace period as people start to get their mind around like oh yeah this is something that I probably need to think about now or that we probably need to talk about. Don't just jump on them claws deep and like oh, we have to talk yeah. about this. Like just be open and soft and just like ask start with asking questions about what they think yep. and let it sort of unfold naturally and it doesn't it can be one sit down where you talk about all these things but it doesn't have to be like this is where discernment comes in this is where wisdom comes in um you know i i think if your partner is completely closed off to this conversation and they don't want to talk about it and they're like you have no right to talk to me about this and you are exclusive that's also really good information that's good feedback that like you know, if we can't even have this conversation without you getting angry at me, yeah. like, I don't know if that's the type of partner that I want to be in a relationship with. I want to be able to talk about all of these things in a safe and loving container. Yep. And, and, and so, again, I think there's, depending on consciousness, intention, and your upfront communication from a place of vulnerability and authenticity uh, will dictate how you make a decision in this space and it can go really any way for us. Mm-hmm. Um, both of us are committed to not partaking in romantically charged conversation with individuals uh, via messaging, mm-hmm. DM, social media, text messaging. But both of us have a robust set of friends who are of the opposite sex. When we got back together, some of my best friends were girls mm-hmm. and neither one of us have ever been 
uh, charged, insensitive, or accusatory in nature mm-hmm. pertaining to quite a bit of communication with people of the opposite sex. And so it is a definitely not a hard, dark line of separation no. when it comes to who we talk to. Rather, it's more of a trust mm-hmm. um, with romantic a commitment from both of us that, hey, we're not interested in romantically engaging with anybody via messaging outside of our exchange yeah. in the relationship. Yep, yep. Yeah, wholeheartedly, 100% agree. The few times, like one of the things that, you know, (laughs) I am not putting out that energy that I'm available, that I want to be hit on, that I'm looking for validation from men on my Instagram. Uh, Like I'm not putting that message out there. And so the few times that it has happened on Instagram, I'll get a random DM or whatever guy sliding in. Like I squash it immediately. But you get that less if you're not putting that vibe out, sure. right? Like if you're not putting that energy out, it's not something that you will have to deal with as often. Hey friend, I wanted to change the subject for just a minute to read something really important to you. This is feedback we received from a woman named Kelly, one of our amazing users of Immune Intel HCC. She says... So I've been taking AHCC for a little bit over a month and my skin has never looked so good. I am 35 and have suffered from hormonal acne since I was a teenager. I thought I would never get rid of my acne. I just had my period and I have absolutely no pimples around my chin or jawline and my melasma is finally clearing up too. I have tried countless prescription and over-the-counter medications and have seen so many dermatologists with little improvement. Also, I feel like my hormones have balanced out. I am less irritable, as well as less inflammation going on in my body, decreased back pain, and bloating. I'm so glad I came across you on Instagram. Thanks for sharing the knowledge. Okay, here's one more, just because they light me up so much to share with you. This beauty is staying anonymous. She says, I learned about Immune Intel AHCC from you on a podcast, and in four months, it helped clear my persistent high-risk HPV that I've had for seven years. I love these two testimonials next to each other because it's a testament to the balancing and normalizing effect that AHCC has in each individual body. One woman was supported with her acne flares and the other had support in clearing her high-risk HPV. I am consistently amazed by the power and intelligence of AHCC. To try Immune Intel for yourself, go to themedicine.com forward slash products, or just check the show notes below. Cheers, my love. I'm not saying that you won't ever, but... Well, it's like the... It's like the digital, I'm not wearing a wedding, wedding ring thing, even though I'm married. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, hey, I'm, I'm relatively, even though you know that I'm in a relationship, you can see by my actions and energy that I'm not wearing that, that yeah. wedding ring yeah. energetically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of messaging. That's where we stand on it. We basically just squash anything. We certainly don't seek it out. Yeah. And then if anything were to arise in the form of messaging, I mean, you've gotten how many like, like Russian bots that are like in your D. <laughs> DMs. I, th- I hope that everybody gets that and it's not just me, but yeah. Well, you get- yeah, guys get that all the time. You're just falling to the age group of men sure. that they're going to f- 
they're going to, you know, bomb you with like, hey, you want to chat? And it's like, you'll usually show me like, oh my God, look at this. this Five followers and it's just somebody's ass. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is not, this is not good. It's like, but 69, five, four, three, two, one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. So that's kind of where we stand on messaging. Um, Obviously, in all of these conversations, there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of it. Um, I think the next one that we alluded to is exes that we should probably talk about. This is a, a sticky point for a lot of people. Well, it's sticky because it's practical. If you have an ex, which many, many do when you engage in a relationship, it could be an ex-wife. You could share or ex-husband. You could share children yeah. with that individual. You could share assets, house, dog, dog possessions. So it's very normal to have a relationship with your ex while also partaking in a romantic relationship that is subsequent to the the previous. And this one is obviously, again, not a black and white scenario. It's gray and it's going to depend. In most relationships that have a significant ex as a part of it, if there are logistics at play, I think there are justification for maintaining some level of communication, almost as if you're dealing with a business partner. Yep. Um, it's relatively emotionless. Uh, ideally, that's going to be better for everybody if it's emotionless, but it's definitely lacking a, a sexual yeah. um, connotation or there shouldn't tone. be a char- there shouldn't be a sexual charge nor nor an emotional um, I miss you. Uh, type of relationship or it could turn toxic also where even if the relationship has nothing left to be had mm-hmm. that you're you're allocating your time energy and resources towards the bitterness that you have from it might even interfere with your new relationship because that other person's like geez that even though they sort of quote unquote hate that person or dislike that person or want to be away from that person they sure are talking about them a lot or thinking mm-hmm. about them a lot or reaching out to them yeah. a lot yeah. um, and so not that, I mean, you might have a history, you might have deep embedded, especially if things didn't en- end well, if there wasn't great closure with your last ex, you might miss certain parts of them. You you might miss the nostalgia or the inside jokes or the fun that you had, obviously. But if you're in such a state where it's affecting your new relationship, that's good. That's a good indication that you're probably not ready to be in a relationship, yeah. in a new relationship until you either resolve what happened with your ex you know maybe you need to explore if that if if that needs to be reopened obviously like we did um but it's good feedback that if that's really you know at the forefront of your mind where it's like i can't i can't stop talking to my ex and and i feel this emotional pull towards them like you're probably not ready to be in a long-term relationship past you know past that point right but again the the point of this is to have the conversation before and set up the expectation for what it will be like going forward Mm -hmm. when one of you or both of you has to interact with your ex and so ground rules some people have the most beautiful friendships with their ex-husband and ex-wives where they're Mm co-parenting that I've ever seen. And I'm blown away by how functional it is. And you've got, you know, a lot of families that do holidays together and it's all blended and it's new relationships and it's old ones. And I think that's the the way the rule. Oh, totally. But But that is the way the human experience can be. Mm -hmm. And so I love it when I see that kind of stuff. And that's that's, the ideal. But again, that's why you, this is not a black and white answer. You have the conversation with your, your most current relationship and you set a general expectation for how that's going to look. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And for us, um, as we've gotten back together into part two, I 
don't have a significant ex relationship in my life and thus uh, it's not on the table, but um, we have agreed to op we opted in both of us opted in individually to say when i have a conversation with an ex-partner mm-hmm. i will let you know the nature yeah. of that conversation um i'll let you know whether or not i am interested in engaging further in case there's some level of practicality mm-hmm. to it or whether uh i'm i'm not particularly interested and so it's just been a general level of transparent communication with all exes yeah it's just like i wanted to especially in part two i did date someone for you know a a a while and i had to tie up some things with that person as we were we were back together part two official exclusive monogamous building a life together i was living with you but there were things that i had to tie up logistically and i needed i wanted you to be not necessarily involved in the conversation, but I wanted you for my own peace of mind and your peace of mind to know exactly what the what the um, nature of those conversations were and that it was strictly logistics. It was strictly like, okay, tell me this. Okay, thank you. Like it was, it was like how I would speak to like a boss or something. Mm-hmm. It was like so professional and that's all I wanted it to be and I was very comfortable like showing you every single text not that I had to not that you asked but I would I would have been and um, we we just made it very very clear and I think I hope that that added to the building of trust that you know we had to like little by little over yeah. time and experience um, but it just it's 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 not going to be a good situation if you're having conversations with your ex and your partner doesn't know and you're keeping it from them even if you're just doing it to protect them yep. and it is innocent it's just not a good look it's right. just not just don't go down that path and that would be my recommendation is like have open dialogue and your partner has the option to say, you know what you deal with it. I trust you. I don't really want to know. Yep. There, there is that option. So it's just, again, comes down to dialogue. Yep. Totally. So we've sort of set the stage. We've talked about the complications, the challenges we've bucketed these different categories. We suggest you go through some of these question baseline establishing uh, rules for lack of a better term ground rules mm-hmm. for the relationship at large on how you interact with sex and technology and the dynamic of the relationship and so we getting back to this question that we kind of teed all of this up with do you have the right in a relationship in a committed relationship do you have the right to look through your significant other's devices that's phones that's tablets that's laptops for any of these potentially inflammatory interactions mm-hmm. with others. And dude, this is actually a hard question. Mm-hmm. When we first started talking about this, I was like, oh, you know, I think I got a pretty clear answer. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But the more we thought about it, yeah. the more nuance there is. Yeah. The more I sort of came up with, well, it depends type It's circumstantial. Answers. It's completely, I think, in my opinion, circumstantial. I don't think that you know, uh, say there's a hundred people that say that, no, it's never okay to go through your partner's phone ever. End of story. Right. I would sit down with those people or ask them, okay, so if you have clear evidence of your partner cheating or you have a suspicion, 
something that's not generated from your own head. You saw it with your own eye. Right. Or someone you trust told you, hey. Or they've cheated in the past. Or they've cheated in the past. Someone you trust told you, hey, I saw your man at a restaurant with another girl and they looked pretty friendly. You're telling me that if those hundred people who say, no, it's never okay, you wouldn't warrant that wouldn't be warranted to be like you know what this is affecting my life now maybe i open the open up the conversation and say hey did this happen if they say no then it's their word against your other friend that has no bias right the the most emotionally mature thing to do would and the most conscious thing to do would be to sit down and have right. a civil conversation sure. and, and an uncharged request. But I would bet almost all of the dollars in my bank account that out of those hundred people, at least a few would be like, no, this is warranted. I'm doing this. Like it, this, I got to figure this out. It's, so it's not only warranted. It has happened in lives of people that I know and love and trust to where they partook in that activity of going through their significant other's devices and saved them God knows how yeah. many months or years worth of being yeah. cheated on yeah. or I lied mean, to. That's, that is how a lot of people find out is, oh, you know, not even searching, but may, maybe they were searching, but maybe it came up, maybe you were snapping a picture yeah. and you see a DM come through from a girl. It's like, you know, whatever the message is. Or you're trying to send a text to your friend or your family member from your husband or partner's phone and you see something come through. So it, it's not always like on purpose. Right. And so it's like, I there's just so much gray area and I just have a really hard time believing that everyone who says that this is not right, if you were in that situation totally. and you had potentially years with this person... <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just not black and white to me. I still maintain the opinion as we've you know navigated through this conversation. I have like softened a little yeah. bit because when we first asked the question, it was like, yeah, totally. Like this affects your life too. Yeah. And I still think that like what I keep coming back to is your partner's decision making directly impacts your life now and your future and the life of your children if you have them. So I I keep coming back to that. Um, I do think that if you are going to resort to checking email, phone, whatever, I think it'd be great if you could ask permission. Right. If that's not an option, I think the the prerequisite is that you have to have like basically hard evidence sure. elsewhere. Yeah, it's it, I don't agree with it's just like warrant. oh it's Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh it's Tuesday I'm gonna look through my partner's phone or that I have the right to go through it anytime I want. Right, it's a, it's like it's having a search warrant. You've got probable yeah you know evidence that would suggest searching is in the best interest of yeah. you know ethics and morals for the relationship to be able to search, um, and. Let's use this example, okay? You go to a restaurant as a customer and you have the right to ask, in my opinion, what is this food made with? 
Yeah. What what oils are the food cooked in? Are these are these hydrogenated unhealthy vegetable oils or is this, you know, a quality oil or cooked in butter? I think you have the right to ask that question. Um, if the server or waiter refuses to answer that question for you, I would I would suggest that that customer can go into the kitchen and, <laughs> and knock on the door and say, hey, I, I want to see how the food is being prepared. They might get kicked out of the restaurant, right. but that's the end of the relationship. And that's the risk that you take if your partner is completely innocent and there's no cheating or anything going on, nothing, no foul play going on. You do run that risk of breaching that trust. Totally. If you, even if you ask, I think. Now, I think if you go to, that was just traditional restaurant, you know, restaurant XYZ, chain XYZ. <laughs> if you go to an organic restaurant. True food. True food kitchen where one of their little ethos, their little yeah. slogans is we don't use unhealthy oils. And you go into the restaurant and you go, I want to see your oils, kind sir or ma'am who's cooking this food. I think it's warranted for them to be a little bit offended. Like, hey, we've committed in this yeah. restaurant to customer relationship. Are you, are you saying you don't believe me, even though I'm making these statements that mm -hmm. all is well? I think then to physically get up and go into the back when they've you've developed this relationship, you've chose this relationship between the healthy restaurant and the, and the health interested customer to not believe any of those stages go all the way into the the kitchen and look at the oils that are that are being dealt with that to me borderlines on um some level of compulsiveness yeah. anxiety neuroses and i have a hard time even though um technically they could still find you know if, if for whatever reason they could be justified in that search if they were to find oils that were unhealthy or rancid or something along those lines even in that case i think it is a it's bad form to do in, in, a, in a relationship that has established a co-commitment to healthy behavioral patterns from their independent selves. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that if there are those healthy, wonderful practices, that this is happening all the time. Right. We're, having, we're having a conversation of a downstream problem that really is, is yeah. pertaining to upstream solutions, yeah. but for the sake of this conversation. And so then moving back into how I would answer this question literally... If your partner has not given you any indication of yeah. foul play on their devices and you, without asking, go straight into their devices and take a look at all of their shit, that's bad form. Yeah. I'm not saying that's warranting a complete divorce of the relationship or a yeah. breakup of the relationship, but expect to cause a, a significant a rift, rift mm -hmm. in the relationship with that habit. Yeah, I think the answer to this question is you do have the right you do have the opportunity to pose the question, hey, what is your activity like on your devices? Whether that's just out of curiosity or whether that's from some level of indication that you that, that would suggest they might be partaking in, in foul play on these devices. I think in the dynamic of a relationship, you have the right to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Depending on how they respond, you can make a decision from there. If they respond with, and read their body language, you know, read the way that they you know articulate themselves their eye contact if they say hell no you can't look at my my shit no way there's no absolutely no way and you've got some level of of hunch that something is going awry on the the behavior with these devices i mean that's a red flag whether mm -hmm. you want to 
like forcefully physically take those devices and look through it yourself uh, to validate that, you know, up to you. But I think that you've probably, you probably have enough evidence if you've got some level of intuition that foul play is going on and their, their body language and their response is indicative of something, you know, going on. That's evidence enough. I think that that's good communication enough. Mm -hmm. If you've got no evidence whatsoever Rather, maybe you have a history of, of being cheated on. Maybe uh, you have some level of anxiety around, you know, maybe this person has a public profile to some degree and you see that there are people who are yeah. of the opposite sex liking their photos and stuff, but it's coming from a place of just neuroses. That's where I was like, just like check yourself before you wreck yourself because mm-hmm. you could be doing more harm to the relationship. Right. Um, so I think the answer to this question is, Obviously, it depends. It's case by case. There's too many unique attributes to each relationship to just get a a perfect answer here. But I do think you have the right. And I would suggest not just the right, but it's going to be the best form for the relationship to pose this question if it causes concern for you. Mm -hmm. You have the right to ask the question, hey, what is your social media activity like? Who, who are yeah. you texting? I, I'm just curious from a place of love. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. I would like to open this up to a longer conversation. Mm-hmm. But I also, and going back to like our, both of our initial responses, like, oh yeah, dude, if someone's cheating on you, you want to save yourself the heartache, the, mm-hmm. the potential months or years of being lied to. And, and you got to get down to the freaking dirt yeah. and figure it out. But when I think about privacy as an individual, and my relationship to like say the government and should i should i just allow the government to look at all my devices and all of my activity they're probably doing it anyway right but the their their justification would be like well if you're innocent nothing there should be no problem you know yeah. if you're if you're it just is invasive it's invasive and it i think that, that every individual has some level of right to their own private activities. Yeah. I think I ultimately side, like if this is a spectrum, I definitely land on the side of if there is suspect or suspicion of foul play, AKA cheating, I think you do have more of a right than you don't Yes, because it directly affects your life. I don't even know if it's, if it's the right, I think a better word is it's warranted. It's understandable to do that. If I found out that one of my girlfriends thought her boyfriend was cheating or husband was cheating and I found out that she looked and looked at his phone, I wouldn't judge her at all. But so that's where I land on the spectrum of is this okay or is it not black and white ends of the spectrum. I'm here. But so I do fall on the end of the spectrum where you have more of a right than you don't. But your partner also has the right, complete right to say no. Yes. Yeah. And just because they say no doesn't mean they're cheating. True. Because I think that there is a good argument, a solid argument for both of these ends of the spectrum. The invasion of privacy, the lack of trust, the affecting my life, you know, and my future. Like there's a good argument to be made on both ends of the spectrum. This is just currently where I land. Totally. Yeah, no, I'm aligning with you while also trying to understand uh, the position of being offended, the position of irrationally going through somebody's devices, um, 
un, you know, without consent. And so the answer to this question is ask, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are unique cases where that could be overridden. Say you are in a relationship that's toxic, potentially abusive, and you just need some level of last piece of evidence to make sure that you can leave this relationship be just one last nail in the coffin. So you flip yeah. open their iPad and take a yep. look. Yep. Um, there's other cases where you've got, I mean, again, we're not addressing the unique cases. Say somebody works for the government and they're yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the Trump uh, court case and it's like yo I got I got classified yeah. documents here yeah. I can't be sharing those my devices the, with you yeah those are the outliers that's what we're not talking yeah. about but privacy individual privacy is huge mm-hmm. it's absolutely huge yeah relationships also don't always last forever and so information certain information let's say you've got on your device specific details as it pertains to your family's inheritance and the inheritance that you will get 20 years from now and you have a significant other who you're dating yeah but it's a serious relationship and they're able to see the fact that you've got five million dollars coming your way and all of a sudden you know without anybody (laughs) knowing they're slowly trying to groom you to get into that and you're like what the hell's going on this sounds like a movie it does (laughs) so i'm saying there are unique cases and and the the answer to this is not clear it's not black and white I do think that to break a little bit of a rule in the relationship of uh, not asking, not getting consent prior to looking at someone's device is sort of like washed away when you find confirming evidence that they are committing a larger sin, for lack of a better term, than going through with this without consent. It's like a behind the back pass in basketball. It's a great yeah. pass if it makes it there. It's a shitty pass if it doesn't yeah. make it there. Yeah, well, it's like... So it's like, it's it could like, be the exact same pass. If the person catches it, it's a good pass. If they don't, what were you thinking? It's like, I'm running late to this event. I'm going to go 30 miles over the speed limit to get there. I'm probably going to get a ticket, but I'm going to get there and that's more important to me. Yeah. So I completely understand that. All that to say... It's nuanced. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Just like every other right. thing in life. It's I, I, not I literally, black and white. Like, I had to sleep on it and uh-huh. ended up waking up going through all of the different scenarios yeah. and trying to use analogies in real life um, because it, it, it is complicated. And I hope it's been uh, productive for people mm-hmm. to understand, but it's yeah. definitely one that's, that's changed my course of thought, which was a little more direct and clear until I started think about, thinking about all of these other scenarios, especially the scenario of, wait, I wouldn't want the government to be looking through my devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's a, it's again, it's a solid argument, solid arguments all around. I think um, we don't need to keep rehashing it, but I am really curious to hear what people think. We'll definitely open up the conversation and in, in some of the, the reels and, and posts that we do on Instagram. And, you know, we say often like we love exposing our listeners to other points of view and maybe unpopular opinions or from guests and us. And if you completely disagree with us, I mean, overall, we're saying it's nuanced and it it depends. Um, but if you completely disagree with us, that's okay. We're allowed to have different viewpoints, different opinions. We all have different life experiences that shape and mold our points of view. So like, it's okay to disagree. But all that being said, 
I would love to hear from people on, you know, on YouTube, on our Instagram. Like we're going to start the conversation and um, would love to hear other people's opinions on this. Hit us up. I would love to hear stories of if anybody has gone through this type of experience Mm -hmm. with their significant other or heard of others who have. I would love to get more information as it pertains to, you know, how you navigate this. And then just the entire conversation today at large. How are you dealing with what are some of the cases that you've been through pertaining to sex, technology, and mm-hmm. relationships? Yeah, what do you want to hear from us? Yeah, what, can- what did we miss? What what really stood out? What resonated? We would love to hear. Yeah, before we go, I want to know what for you, my love, is your medicine? Well, my medicine, uh, after a month, over a month of spending a lot of time with family and having very little availability to find some intimate moments with my significant other with the love of my life mm-hmm. uh, to be able to connect we're back in San Diego and we don't have my parents or my <laughs> nieces or my nephews or my siblings one wall away yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been able to be a little bit more free as it pertains to our, our, our intimacy and our, our connection and yeah. so that is just <laughs> medicine for that's, me baby yeah. that's that's night and day for sure um, do you want to hear my what about you <laughs> My medicine um, today has been, uh, so uh, my birthday was a couple days ago, and you got me a really cool gift that has been really fun to experiment with, and you got me, you got me a this bunch of gifts. This does not pertain to one the, of the intimacy no. hour <laughs> yeah. that I was mentioning. <laughs> one of the gifts that you got me were um, blood flow restriction bands, and... <laughs> I got a huge pump from yeah, the last couple yeah. of days. And so I've I've been using them the last couple of days and they're just really they're fun. They're I mean, it is intense, but I really like it. And uh, I'm excited to do these, you know, try them out for a, a few months and see how my body responds. And, you know, we're such advocates of like movement and working out, exercise, lifting weights that like it's fun to try something new. Totally. It's fun to try a new a new tool, a new device and and see how it works. And there's a lot of research behind it, which is, is really fun. And I'm hoping that we can get the, the, um, you know, the founder or whoever that yeah. guy is. I think he's the founder, CEO or mm-hmm. whoever on the podcast to talk about the benefits of blood flow restriction. Yeah, I would love that. And as it pertains to, to body and everything like that. So um, yeah, that's my medicine. Love it. Thank you for the gift. All right, you guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us ha- let us have it. Let us have your opinions. We won't get offended if you completely disagree with us. Um, but yeah, these are important things to talk about. And we appreciate you being here with us. We'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.